Hello and welcome back to the EMG podcast. I hope all of you had a lovely Christmas break. Today I'm joined by our very own recruiter here at EMG, Joe Morrison. Hi, Joe. Hi, Sen. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? Thanks for joining me today, by the way. So I'm really good, actually. And yeah, no problem. It's my pleasure. So obviously, I know you quite well, uh, given that we've been working together for just over a year now. But could you give our listeners a bit of background about you and your experience in the recruitment world? Sure. So I joined EMG from an agency recruitment background where I spent five years working in local recruitment and marketing, graphic design, all of that side of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, decided to make the move in-house or the dark side, as agency people put it. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's that's my background. And before that, actually, I worked in sales. So Mm -hmm. something not too different, but yeah. yeah. It's quite similar to recruitment. I've, I actually did recruitment myself for, for two years when I was straight out of university, as I think a lot of people actually do uh, when they graduate. Uh, but it teaches you so much, basically the fundamentals of working in the business world, really. Yeah, and, and with a commercial aspect to it as well. Absolutely. But yeah, now you're the internal recruiter here at EMG. But I assume you've read the article on recruitment in our latest issue of Gold, uh, which essentially highlights the industry's war for talent. There's one particular point I'd be keen to get your thoughts on, basically. Sure, I've, I've read it and it's a great read, as ever. Thank you. But it basically seems that pharma are now looking to recruit individuals with broader experience. And by this, I mean not just specific scientific qualifications, but uh, broader experience, essentially, and perhaps even those who've got more knowledge in the digital world as well. So is this trend one that you've noticed in the recruitment world recently? It has. And it's something that's been happening for a long time, actually. It's not just in the pharma industry, but elsewhere. There are, are businesses that are looking for candidates from different backgrounds and who have different experiences to help push their businesses forward. Previously, you'd have a time where candidates would take less risk in their job search. You tend to find that people would stick to what they know because they would feel that they have to be an expert in one specific field, Mm -hmm. particularly when we were in a challenging financial climate. Now, the experiences that someone can bring from, as you say, digital or business-related degrees to any sector, including pharma, gives employers more choice. And that means actually that they can look outside of pharma or science to give their business a competitive edge. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing now is a shift to a point where job seekers' values, their personal skills and their commercial awareness are often more attractive to a business than their education. And for you personally, given that you don't directly recruit people into the life sciences industry, um, and given that you recruit a whole range of roles uh, as an internal recruiter, where do you see the largest skill gaps for candidates, if if there are any? I I would say the skills gap comes into play more because businesses are reshaping and redefining the job market. Businesses now have real bespoke requirements for individuals as they grow and adapt. To give an example, a marketing manager would previously have been pretty much the same job in most companies the only differentiation would really be the industry that you work in Mm -hmm. so a marketing manager in charity would be different from finance but essentially they cover the same range of duties to promote their business now you've got digital marketing content marketing department specific marketing so whether it's for recruitment as a department or sales or then you've got the different channels so you've got email marketing social social influencers, podcasts, and Mm -hmm. and a variety of different formats. So really, often the gaps form when people start to either spread themselves 
far too thin where they want to be a jack of all trades or the flip side where they really specialize in just the one niche and don't develop their wider skills Mm -hmm. so getting the balance right can be tough Absolutely. And I've definitely seen more and more pharma companies in particular looking externally to to obtain these different expertise. Um, I mean, it's not really been so long ago, maybe five or six years since pharma hired from within the industry alone, where basically if you didn't have any experience in the pharma industry or life sciences background, they wouldn't even consider you for a role. Mm. Uh, But things are different now. I mean, one company that we've mentioned before, and that's certainly worth mentioning again, who is leading uh, in, in this change is definitely GSK. I know you've mentioned them before as well, but first up, we've got Emma Walmsley, who's the CEO of GSK, um, and she's been with them since 2010. But before that, she joined them after having spent 17 years of L'Oreal, where she held a variety of different roles in marketing and general management, um, etc. But I think the most recent role she had before she joined GSK was general manager for consumer products in China. So she basically joined GSK through the consumer door um, and is now the first female CEO of a large pharma company. And since she's joined, she's hired uh, Mark Speichert from Google as a chief digital officer uh, for the consumer unit and Ian McKay, who I've mentioned numerous times uh, from uh, HSBC as a CFO. Um, But I guess another question for you, Joe, is moving roles is a huge commitment on both sides, of course. But what do you believe is the key to ensuring a cultural fit and thus greater retention for employees? Well, I think culture is often misunderstood or misinterpreted as a buzzword Mm. that comes from the powers that be or CEOs. The responsibility for getting the culture right lies with the employees, to me. Mm -hmm. The more power given to employees, the more buy-in and the better retention. And of course, this can be steered from the top and, and usually is, but really it is led by your employees. The task of the recruiter is to identify that and protect that culture from the outset. We make sure interviews are open and frank and where those ups and downs and of course mainly ups in a business will occur. My job is essentially a gatekeeper for our culture and values. We don't let people through the door who would jeopardise the culture Mm -hmm. created by the people who you do let through the door. Because culture is unique to each business, um, we introduced the values interview at EMG and I think Spencer might have mentioned this before. but. Our culture is clearly defined by our nine values, and this is to ensure that as a business, we only hire those that are right to help us drive that business forward. But equally as important for a candidate, we know it's an opportunity for them to interview us and determine whether we're the right business to drive their career forward. So it it works both ways. Mm -hmm. Once on board, we we then need to make sure that there's effective onboarding, um, you've got clearly defined expectations, and your teams are able to back up what you've offered. And to do that, you have to ask the employees what they want, what good looks like to them, and make sure that you don't have a, a bad apple that can um, mean you'll have to start the recruitment process all over again, which is something that we don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. Finally, are there any innovative technologies or methods that you've adopted to help bolster your recruiting capabilities, like social media, analytics, etc.? Yeah, there's been quite a few things and, and a lot of it has been trial and error. So some of the things that, you, that this new technology that's coming through works and some doesn't. The focus when I started at EMG was to look at marketing. Mm. So the company do a great job in terms of shouting what we offer to healthcare professionals and to clients alike. But I think there was an opportunity to tell a story of what that means to somebody who would want to work for us. Mm-hmm. 
Social media has, has played a huge part in this. You, and more importantly, your employees can tell a story about how great it is to work at a company. Tech has undoubtedly had a great impact on recruiting as well. Um, there's an example of when I create adverts, I can actually paste them into this website that gender decodes them. Mm. So it tells you if they're more biased to male or female mm -hmm. using the words that you're putting in. It's incredible how it works. Mm. But something, something I saw in another organization um, that I won't name who they are, but they had an effort to remove unconscious bias and they tried interviewing in a style of the voice. Mm -hmm. by spinning around if they liked a candidate. Oh, which, right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but um, technology and, and kind of artificial intelligence are meeting in the middle with, mm -hmm. with that concept um, and trying one-way interviews is something that's, that's relatively new to make sure that, one, you get consistency in the interviews, um, two, you remove any kind of techniques you might have in an interview that are more favourable to one type of person yeah. than another, but also to save time for employers in the process as well. So. It's interesting because even though you might think that you don't do any of these things and you definitely don't, you know, unconsciously bias people, etc., and judge them, yeah. um, you probably do. Uh, yeah. And they're probably habits that, or things that you do that you're not aware of. So these, these tools and techniques certainly sound very, very useful. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've come a long way with technology, but there's still a long way to go. Mm. I think as it stands, AI is great for speeding up the process of recruitment. The issue is, is for unconscious bias that it feels almost like an alternative rather than a solution. So what I mean by that is with the technology, it might get to a point where we're not necessarily speaking to potential employees. Mm -hmm. um, then you can start targeting searches by industry, by title, by location, by salary, but then by education, by age, by spending habits. Wow. And, you know, and I'll use this example, what if the technology is then being coded by white ABC1 middle-class males you know the danger is does that um, improve diversity yeah. or does it cause more issues than yeah. than solve any so although the process can be improved I think the interview still remains your your best opportunity to remove assumptions about candidates that you might otherwise make on paper and with technology there's you know so many different opportunities and things that are, are being put in place that will improve the process and diversity but I think really what's needed is more investment in recruitment, uh, more in education for those interviewing and to look at what we can do as a society to help improve. Absolutely fantastic. A lot of things there that I didn't even know about. Um, mm. So it's slightly scary, but, yeah. <laughs> but also very interesting. The but robots haven't taken over yet. So not fine. yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was a pleasure having you join me today. Thank you so much, Joe, and for your insights and knowledge. Um, and hopefully uh, I can invite you along to another one very soon. Of course, no problem at all. Thank you. Thank you again, Joe. Join us next week where we will be looking at what 2019 has in store. That's it for now. Thank you for listening. Bye.